Hello and welcome to Plot Trist. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Undertaking of Heart and Mercy by Megan Bannon. This was just recently published in 2022. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary digital copy. Do note, we love this book so much, we also each bought hard copies of the book. So there you go. Objective review. Spoiler alert for our review. <laughs> Sorry. Um, this book is really difficult to describe. So I don't know. I guess we start with the jacket and then go from there. All right. Should I start? I'll, I'll kick okay. it off. Hart is a marshal tasked with patrolling the strange and magical wilds of Kenria. It's an unforgiving job, and Hart's got nothing but time to ponder his loneliness. Mercy never has a moment to herself. She's been single-handedly keeping Birdsall and Sun Undertakers afloat in defiance of sullen jerks like Hart, who seems to have a gift for showing up right when her patience is thinnest. After yet another exasperating run-in with Mercy, Hart finds himself penning a letter addressed simply to a friend. Much to his surprise, an anonymous letter comes back in return, and a tentative friendship is born. If only Hart knew he's been bearing his soul to the person who infuriates him most, Mercy. As the dangers from Tanria grow closer, so do the unlikely correspondence. But can their blossoming romance survive the fated discovery that their pen pals are their worst nightmares? Each other? I, I, I mean, I don't have, I, I, there's nothing that I can criticize about this book jacket. It just doesn't, with the exception of naming the world as Tanria instead of, like leaving it vague and you can just assume it's earth. The, mm -hmm. the book just does not get into like how charming the world is. Yeah. Like it, it is not, it is nothing like earth except, no. except in, like, it a is. little bit of like a 1950s way. <laughs> except, you know, the language they use and the things they wear and <laughs> right. But there's like a whole different convention for weeks and there's a yep. whole different, like, system of transportation and there are zombies and <laughs> yep yes I I think I think the biggest thing that's lacking from this book jacket like honestly honestly I, I don't know how you could improve on this book jacket I think this book jacket is perfectly maybe fine listing that he's a demigod maybe that's a little confusing maybe talk about the fact that being a marshal means he's actually you know killing hunter. the undead yes yeah but if there's nothing wrong with the jacket, it's just, there's so much missing. There's, there's a lot missing, but it's also like, how do you describe that? Right. Right. I don't know. I don't think we fared much better, to be honest. No, no. It didn't help that we only had 11 words. So as usual, we generated a random number, 11, and wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. Uh, so my summary Enemy has a great rack and a cute dog. How inconvenient. <laughs> I really like that you focused on the enemies part, the enemies to lovers. They have animosity 
that is both palpable and you know from the beginning that they're sort of giggling each other because they don't know what else to do with each other. Mm-hmm. It reminded it, me of Fated Game in that regard. Mm-hmm. 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 So good. All right, here, here's mine. A stinking cute romance between a zombie hunter and an undertaker. So you actually listed his occupation properly, which I thought was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this, is, this book literally is both extremely cute and also has zombies in it. And it's very macabre. Yeah. It, it, it focuses a lot on death and accepting death and things like that. You know, well, and so one of the things that this world does very differently is that it has a whole different system of gods. Mm-hmm. And Hart, as we said, is a demigod. That's not a spoiler. It's like on page one. Mm-hmm. I actually thought, in some ways, this was like really good Greek god fanfic. Yeah, like there, it's not using the Greek pantheon at all, to be clear. But like the line between humanity and the divine and how that's engaged with in this text mm-hmm. is so good. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I totally agree. I, I found the world building of this book really like in the sweet spot of world building for me. I completely agree. And I actually put this under quality. So I know we're getting ahead a little bit, uh-huh. but I felt like the first time I read the book, it was like unobtrusive in the background. Like, understanding or the lack of understanding I had for the world as a whole did not impact my enjoyment of the like love story. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I sort of started over again almost immediately. And already the context that having finished provides to the world building, like it's that much more impressive. Like you don't need the world building to like the book, but once you get the world building, so much is added. Yep. I. <laughs> it's so funny to me that you also reread it right away because I, I read the book and like when you finish, you're like, oh my god, I want to. I just want to stay longer in this world. Yeah. And I did. I didn't reread the. Well, I reread the entire thing this weekend. But I read. I read it for the first time, like in August. And as soon as I finished, I flipped back and reread my favorite scenes. Yeah, that's. I, I haven't reread the whole book yet. I mean, I finished it this morning, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I read like the first couple of chapters just to get a sense of now that I know what all of these real weird words are and these gods and goddesses are, like, what new appreciation does this give me in the text? And the answer is a lot. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, okay. Tropes. Um, enemies to lovers with a dash of epistolary romance. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I read the wrong thing there. <laughs> I mean, they I know. Become, yeah. They're not yes. friends for any amount of time before they're they start not, having sex. No, 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 they're not friends. Um, it it is like honestly, I've seen people compare it to you to you've got mail, which is fair. Yes. Like I think it's totally fair to c- compare it to that. Well, right, the enemies in real life while being anonymous pen pals filled with affection. But I think what's different here, I mean, I haven't seen you've got mail in a really long time, but. <laughs> I like the way that they both start acknowledging that the pen and paper friendship is insufficient pretty yeah. early. Yeah, yeah. Like, I loved how that was dealt with. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just so good. So I put this in as a trope, right? Because we've seen this trope, which is don't be so afraid to die that you're afraid to live. Right. But here it's almost a trope reversal. Don't be so afraid that you're not going to die that you're afraid to live. 
Yes. And I think we can't say more than that without getting into things we don't want to spoil. But it's a really interesting and complex issue. It's really good. Oh. It's so good. He's a sad, tragic orphan. So his dad, um, who was his godparent, not god, but godparent, the parent who was a god, um, d- disappeared before he was born. Mm-hmm. Um, and his mom only knew him by the name of Jeff. <laughs> so she's not even sure which god he is. <laughs> I don't know why I found that like so good, but it was so good. It was so good. It's so good. And then his mom died. Um, when he was relatively young of an illness. Yeah, and he was his, like, what, 13, 14? Yeah, round, round about middle school, high school age. Uh, so mm-hmm. he joined the Marshall program when he was only 16. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yes, there's a near-death experience, but here he saves her from a near-death experience. And I loved the timing of it. I know. Because this, like, thing that happens in their real lives that changes how they view each other without the context of the letters, or at least for her without the context of the letters, happens at a a moment when they have a lot of other things they need to work through that they don't know. So it's sort of like maximum inconvenient. It's, it's really good. It's really good because it's not, she doesn't lean into the angst. This book is the cutest book of all time. Right. It's adorable, even though there's like body parts falling off of shambling corpses. Yes. And even though you know that this isn't going to be great, you're still just like, oh, it's just so cute. It's, it's like you said, it's inconvenient. It's not like maximum angst. Right. Uh, good. She is. I think a character we've seen in a lot of historical romance novels, mm-hmm. which is what I think was fun. One of the things that this book does a good job of is it, it leaves you to project a lot on the society. It's not underdeveloped, but like the specific how you would equate it to Western civilization isn't exactly clear. And so the funeral home's name is Undertaker and Son. I'm sorry, Birdsall and Son Undertakers. Mm-hmm. And but Mercy has worked there since she was 17. She's now 30 and actually really loves undertaking. But like no one's noticed because the assumption was her brother was the heir forever. Mm-hmm. And like the family is a lot more sympathetic and lovely than you would see in a historical romance. But I thought it was interesting to see this like. Really tried and true trope in this context. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And then the other trope that's in play is um, Hart is forced to take on an apprentice, an apprentice ranger. Uh, And so the trope that it plays with here is that he's the grizzled old cop who takes on the rookie, right? And they both learn from each other. Yes. Yes. He's like, oh, but then he's like, he would just do these in the way she writes it. It's just so good. Like, there's a part where he says he he put his hand on du- the good, the kid's name is Duckers. So Hart puts his hand uh, like cups his head in his hand just as a like buck up buck up buddy. And he was like he remembered his grandfather doing it to him because like he's never done it and he's like never had it and he's like who in my life like helped me out and it was just so good. It's just the way she writes it is just so perfect. Yeah, there's a real like what makes a man thread running through this 
both in a very human way and also like literally how much of him is man and how much of him is God. It's mm-hmm. mm. good. So good. <laughs> and they, they don't have a meat cute. They have a meat hate. Yes. And I, I love, love it. it. I love it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. And you could see, you could see how both of them, you could see how and why both of them felt the same way about each other. Cause you don't see this meet cute. You, you know that they hate each other. Well, you do like halfway through the book. Yes. Halfway through you get it. And it, it was perfectly timed for you as the reader to get it. Cause even if you had gotten it at the beginning towards the beginning of the book, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like heart the way that you do. You wouldn't appreciate mercy either. And then right. seeing it, oh, it's just really well placed within the book. Completely agree. All right. So I've said already about a million times that this is the cutest book of all time. Like, cutest is definitely the cutest zombie book ever written. I d- didn't know that that was ever a sentence I'd hear. I know. But, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, but it's true. And the thing is, like, this book is so sweet and so cute. It really does edge up against, like, a Pollyanna or, like, a saccharine edge. But it never quite goes over that edge. Did you ever watch Pushing Daisies? Yes. That is very much the vibe of this book. Like, the big colors and the adorable love story. But, like, this undercurrent of death through Mm -hmm. the whole thing. I, like... This is the book equivalent of Pushing Daisies, and it is, I loved Pushing Daisies. Yes, yes, I agree. I totally agree. So I just, I want to point out, I know I keep saying it's cute and it's sweet and it's so great, but it's not too much. It doesn't make your teeth hurt. I agree. Yeah. So there's also a little mystery subplot that I thought was really well pulled off. I liked it. I, my one criticism of this book is one of the central tenets of the mystery ends up being like how zombies are made. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there was quite enough build up to that even being a question. Mm-hmm. Like there were a couple of moments in the denouement that I didn't realize weren't things I should have accepted at face value. Like I think when you do this steampunk, is like this is not steampunk but this like sort of hybridization of mm-hmm. fantasy and the real world mm-hmm. there's a lot that you're just told that you're expected to accept at face value right the gods are real zombies exist whatever and i didn't know that i should be questioning the why of some of those things mm-hmm. until they became really relevant to the, the ending mm-hmm. and i mm-hmm. wish there'd just been a little bit more indication to the reader that some of these things weren't a given. Yeah. I don't know if it's because I just read it for the second time, but I was like, oh, she did a really good job of like not too many red herrings, not too much this. It was a mystery you could totally solve. Yeah. The the part that Mercy was really involved with, I agree with. That's that's the one. Heart's part is is different. That's what I'm saying. Heart's part of the mystery, I felt like, could have used a little bit more foreshadowing. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. I feel, I feel, I don't know if I count that as part of the mystery. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. It's, that's what yeah. I'm saying. There were sort of two mysteries, and one was a yeah. mystery you didn't know you were solving. Okay. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So Mercy's mystery, I think, was like super well played. So fun. Right. It was. It was really fun. It was really funny. That the fact that her ex was involved, so good. The fact that a pregnancy donut was involved, so good. Everything. Everything about it was just really good. And yes, this book did make me cry. I cried. Mm-hmm. I cried at like two different points. Once, but yes. <laughs> so good. Uh, uh. The ending was just really good. In a like <laughs> profound way I was not ready for. <laughs> I know. No, I, I totally agree with you. And we we... We so this week we also released an episode on Night of the Huntress. Um, we talked about the book Be Mine Tonight, which has this whole subplot about a woman who has a, a terminal illness, right? So death is like woven into that book a little bit because it's a romance, because it's a vampire romance. You know that there's going to be a happily ever after, but I felt almost exploited, right, by the conventions. It was so upsetting and like so difficult to read that I was almost upset with the author for doing that to me. I did not feel that way with this book. No, not at all. Um, you know, that it obviously deals very closely with death. I mean, Mercy is an undertaker. Heart is out there like making sure zombies don't come back, right? <laughs> there are no revenants. Um, he has a complex relationship with death because his his mother died, his grandfather died, his father figure died, right? His grizzled old cop when he was a kid died. And it, it's just really well done. It's really well done here. So it's sad, it's upsetting, but I didn't feel like she was exploiting my emotions. I agree. And especially because Hart's relationship with death in particular is so complicated. Yes. It felt like a necessary thing. Yes. Yeah. It didn't feel like too much. It didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was there just to play with your emotions. Yes. Yeah. Um, I so it's interesting when you read the book. It turns of course there's a third act breakup. Sorry if that's spoiling something, but there is a third act breakup. And it's really devastating for both of them. And she made me believe it. It got a little too long for me. Mm-hmm. That how long they were broken up, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I wanted them to be better at communicating sooner, but it was so good. I, like, ultimately don't care. When I say I believe way, it. Yeah. When I say I, I believe, believe it. they stay apart. That, that I don't know, but what I believe is that it, like, they, they were only together for three months. Yes. And they were only, like, out to her family as a couple for, like, 24 hours. Yes. And yet I, I still believed that they would both feel so devastated by the end of this relationship. Uh, I agree with that entirely, to the point that I don't believe they would stay apart. <laughs> Uh, I am obsessed with the mailman. 
<laughs> they're so great. And their ending, I was like not ready for. It was perfect. It was so perfect. Oh my God. The, the epilogue to this book is, it, again, it is so cute and so sweet. And it wraps every single thing up with a little bow. Everything. And I also personally have a lot of affection for things that are saccharine and adorable and like idyllic. Yes. And then there's a lot of people yelling fuck. Yes. And so I think these like mailmen who are human sized animal beings, like who just have these magic pow powers pertaining exclusively to delivery, <laughs> like who are so like curmudgeonly and surly and inappropriate. I was like, I love them. I love them. You know who else I love? Duckers and Betty. They were very cute. Oh my God. With like this healthy, it was just, it was just perfect foil for this like perfect little healthy relationship with Duckers and Betty. And then Mercy and Heart being this like totally fucked up relationship in comparison. It was great. It was just this great comparison of the two, right? Yeah. You you wouldn't appreciate Heart and Mercy as much if you didn't have Duckers and Zeddy. As a relationship, but also as a comparison to the two of them. Yes, exactly. Like Duckers exactly. is a great foil to Heart and Zeddy is a great foil to Mercy. Mm-hmm. Because they're both, so Zeddy is Mercy's brother. They are working together to some extent with the family business. And then Duckers is Hart's apprentice. So again, they are also working with each other to some extent. Ugh. Oh, God. So good. Anything else you want to say? I mean, I think in terms of the content warnings, we've covered it. It's Macabre, there's a lot of death in this book. Yeah, there's a lot of death and a lot of thinking about death. Yes. Which, interestingly, is kind of a trigger for me. But um, it was great. I had no problems with it here. Well, I mean, I think everyone goes a little crazy if you contemplate your own mortality too aggressively. Yeah. And this book does, like, depict that. But in a world so different from our own in those ways that I don't think it's particularly triggering to our reality. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. The, the, the rituals around death and the beliefs about the afterlife and thing like, things like that are so different from ours, what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis, that I think it is, it's a way to think about death from a different perspective, which is what the best fantasy does, right? Yeah. So it's good. But I, I don't have any other trigger warnings than that. Like, mm -mm. It, it's really a adorable book. It's just, there's a lot of killing and a lot of undertaking and then a lot of contemplation of like the way death happens in this. It's not religion because it's reality. Mm -hmm. But the way death, like, happens in this world. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to sexiness. You may not have realized from hearing the book jacket and from hearing us talk about how this is a fantasy with some, like, 
you know, thinking about death and romance, not romance, uh, this relationship in it, you might, you could be forgiven for not realizing that this is like truly a romance novel, but it's truly yeah, a romance novel. Right to me, my first question is like, oh, so this is going to be romance adjacent. It's going to be like a zombie hunter book with a side of romance. And she's like, no, it's a romance with a side of zombie hunting. And yeah. It really is, and I loved it. And so sex scenes, there are like a couple of sex scenes. I have to say that it's the perfect kind of sex scene and the perfect amount for this book specifically. This sex matched up with the tone of the book. Yes. Could I have done with a couple more molders? Sure. And a, like a little more heat. Sure. But that was not what this book was for. Exactly. The sex that is on the page is really just like perfectly calibrated for the characters and the story and how it's yes. working and how their relationship is working. It. it it works so well. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not complaining that there isn't more. Like it's it, you're perfectly calibrated is exactly right. If yeah. there were more, would I be mad about it? No, just because I like sex scenes between characters I'm into. But like, do I think it needed more? No. I I will say this. This book is actually not actually. This book is also very funny. It's just really enjoyable, and I, I did laugh out loud. Like, there were parts that were really funny. Even the sex scene, like, there's this line that still, when I think about it, is so funny. Like, he sees her cleavage as it's gleaming like a beacon of light in a hopeless world. He's a boob guy. That's his job. <laughs> he's a boob guy. <laughs> it was, it's so funny, because Duckers is like, oh, you hate her, huh? He's like, you didn't hate her boobs. And he's like, I just look at any boobs. <laughs> it really is just so unexpected mm -hmm. so charming like I cannot recommend this book highly enough it was even from reading the book jacket and hearing from Meg talk about it I'm sure you guys hearing us talk about it like I don't think there's a way to prepare you for this book that isn't just a giant spoiler yeah yeah but like even honestly honestly if you if you're someone who loves romance likes like the Halloween, the fall season, you know, wouldn't mind something on the spookier side, but you don't want to like be scared, right? This would be the perfect, this is like the perfect romance for someone who doesn't love horror, but kind of wants a little bit of like spookiness, you know? Yeah, there's not horror here. No, no, but it, uh, I, yeah, this book is just amazing. Like, I give it all the stars. Highly Possible. recommend. Please check it out. Yeah. And thank you guys so much for listening.